Gentlemen, support for KOTL is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in the men's below-the-belt grooming. But let's be honest, you are going to use it for your abs. You're going to use it for your chest. You're going to use it, man. The summertime is coming. You are going to thank me. Trust me, I tried it. It's got the six-pack approval. It's safe. It's easy to use. It's cordless. You could, I mean, you could get it wet. Don't worry. This thing seems like it's going to be dropped and keep on moving. And not only will you thank me, but your girl's going to thank me. Please support the podcast that has supported the community all these years. Get 20% off and free worldwide shipping when you use promo code KOTL and pick it up at manscaped.com. Sir. Okay. Alrighty, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back. This is a special episode of the King of List podcast because I am taking over. We still have six pack Labradat here, of course. How you feeling, Ryan? Dog, first you coming for it, and now our boy Grizzly started coming <laughs> for me on Instagram. Yes, soon I'll just have him as the, as my co-host. And we'll just oh, shit, son. <laughs> the, the community is in a rough state. And, and, of course, we have the, the whole gang here. So we have uh, Rory Lynch here. Rory, how are you doing? Good, man. Happy to be back. And then we're not sure if it's going to be Serious Bill, By the Book Bill, or Wild Bill today. How are you doing, Bill? How are you feeling? Yeah, it's going to depend on the weight classes, I think. They're each going to be a little bit separate, so i got to keep you on your toes tonight. Yeah, so everyone's got to listen through the whole way through and see when Wild Bill shows up. For this episode, it's going to be the men's preview show for the IPF Classic Worlds. We'll have a separate episode for the women's preview and then a separate episode for our Fantasy League picks, so that way we can break it up. So this one, we're starting off with the men's. Uh, just some quick information as far as the IPF Classic Worlds is it starts in June in a couple weeks, so we're recording this early. It starts on Monday, June 6th, and runs through six days of lifting into Saturday, June 11th. A little bit different than previous years where now it's going to be the open lifting only. So it's going to be interesting seeing the now the sub-juniors and juniors are off and the masters are off, um, how things look as far as the open. Like, what's the crowd going to be like? Uh, what's the warm-up room going to be like? And then, of course, what Eurosport and the primetime sessions, all the stuff they're doing. So it'll be interesting. Um, but we'll get right into it because we have a lot of stuff to go through. We're going to start from the lowest weight classes and work our way up like we usually do. So we're starting off with an interesting weight class, a 59-kilo weight class, if you don't know. Russia is suspended uh, indefinitely from the IPF due to the war going on in Ukraine. So that means Sergei Fedosyenko is out. And we're going to have a new world champion right here in the 59-kilo class. Some of the top nominated people, we have Franklin Leon from Ecuador at 602.5, Ebihara Takaharu from Japan at 572.5, and Antoine Garcia from France at 566.5. Normally, Ryan makes us all go first, and he goes last. So how about this time, Ryan, we have you start us off with the first weight class. How are you feeling about the 59s? You motherfucker. <laughs> um, look, at, I think uh, I think Leon is my gold medal pick. I I took a look at open powerlifting at these gentlemen. I'm, I'm familiar with Franklin Leon, but um, Antoine Garcia, I think I'm going to take him as a silver medalist. Taka Haru from Japan hasn't competed since 2019 he's 40 years old 
I'm not sure how these 59 kilo lifters age, but um, I mean, obviously we've seen some guys go right into around 40 and still be strong. Dennis Cornelius, et cetera, but he hasn't competed in three years now. And Garcia has, and it's relatively tight. Garcia competed, I believe this year. So I'm going to take him for silver and I'll put Takaharu in bronze. All right. looks like Ryan's been doing his research. Rory, what do you think? So uh, I actually found uh, Takaharu Ebihara's uh, meet from March of this year. So it's not on open powerlifting yet. It's only on like a, uh, in Japanese on some Japanese website. And so I, I had a friend to go and translate it for me. Um, so he competed in March of this year, which is the uh, nominated total that you can see on, uh, on, on Goodlift. Um, he went nine for nine and PR everything. Um, so that's uh, actually- Son of a cool bitch, see. this is why I don't go first, Damien. This is your fault, man. I don't have Japanese people translating websites. All right, go ahead. Uh, thanks, Kanan, if you're listening. Uh, appreciate that a lot. Um, so I've still got I've still got Leon as first, uh, but but I have Takaharu as as second um, because like now that I know where that performance is from and the standards that it was set under, like I'm reasonably confident that he can repeat something along those lines. If not, set a, you know probably not set a massive PR, but but do something in in that range again. Uh, so those are my top two picks. And then um, Bill, do you have any secret information for us? Um, well, I have Franklin Leon winning as you guys do. Um, I actually had um, Anton Garcia coming in second place. And then obviously with the lack of information that since I don't speak Japanese or read Japanese from Takaharu, um, I kind of looked down the list and saw that um, Lake Hal Muhammad was on there and he's a pretty much a standard at the uh, 59 class at worlds. Normally Algeria has some very, very, very low nominated totals on here. He's usually in the 450, I'm sorry, 540 to 560 range. So I had him popping in third place, just kind of with Takahara being a, um, you know, not much information on him. So I kind of put uh, Muhammad in third place, but I could easily see Takahara if his, like, like Rory said, his lists were legitimate being in the, the run for second or third. Uh, the other thing I wanted to throw in here is real quick is obviously this is going to be a qualifying meet for Sheffield 2023. So if you guys don't know the, um, the winner's, that total 95% or higher of the current world record totals get an automatic qualification to Sheffield 2023. So in the 59 kilo class, that standard would have been 636 kilos. Um, So I don't think that Franklin, who I have winning, will hit 636 on that since uh, Fedisienko has the, the world record, which is, you know, much higher. So um, I would I would say that there's no 59s would make the uh, Sheffield in 2023. Good point, don't worry, man. Don't, don't worry, Ryan. I didn't have any inside information. So Rory's the only one that had this secret information. I'm going the same with first place with Franklin Leon. You know, he has the uh, highest best total and the highest recent total out of everyone there. He's a, a veteran of the sport. He's going to be going to World Games. I believe he's the only person on the men's side from this classic world also going to the World Games. And he has, you know, gotten silver multiple times on the equip and the raw side so i have him for first i didn't have that information so i also had antoine garcia at second because he did the 566.5 was his recent total uh, but i did have ebihara at third because he had done 537 recently other than what rory had saw and then from iran uh, merdad had done 535 
and Muhammad that Bill mentioned. His best is 570, but his numbers have been going down as recent as 530. So they were all in that 530 range. So I just took Abihara for, for my third, and I had uh, Merdad at fourth and Muhammad at fifth. So it will be interesting to see if Abihara can put up that top total. You know, he might be coming in and stealing second place. Um, but we will move on now to the 66 kilo class. And this one is going to be one of those where it's a battle. It's going to be interesting to see what you all pick because the top five lifters, even though the nominations may not show it are actually much closer because Eddie Berglund did that 728 in the 74 kilo class. And then Kyoto recently did a 700 kilo total in the 74 kilo class. So Eddie, Eddie, I believe, is in the 66s. His best is 697. Panas is 700. Joe Jordan's is 700. Jonathan Garcia is 697. And then Kyoto's at 678. So they're all right there, especially that those top four um, minus Kyoto. So it's going to be about to the very end, I think. Let's start off with Rory. How about that? We'll leave Ryan for later. Sure. Um, so... Just talking briefly about uh, about each one of these guys, like you said, uh, Eddie, Eddie did a really good, like just under 730, I think 728.5, but he did that at about 70 kilos. And so I'm expecting to see a reasonably good performance out of him, but it's not going to be another 730, I wouldn't think. So if I was if I was going to guess his approximate total, I would say it's probably in the low 700 range. Like I would say something like 702 to 705 for, for Eddie. Uh Panned to total 700 at 66, which is a good sign, uh, but he has been quite badly injured since then. Um, and so he, he looks like he's close to back to form, but not completely back to form. And in a battle like this, I don't think almost back to form is going to be good enough. Um, so I, I wouldn't expect him to go over 700. I think he might come close, but he probably won't be at the 700 range. Um Joe Jordan's training is looking amazing, but his training isn't always to comp standard uh, unless he's hiding some of his better lifts from Instagram. So he does post like quite a lot, but uh, he seems to post like a lot of sets of six at low RPE and, you know, stuff like that. And so like he did, he did do a 295 deadlift in training very recently. That was, that was very good, but he did do it with straps and I have no idea what his body weight is. So it's quite hard to figure out how that fits into, into the equation. Um, and I have got secret information about uh, Kyoto, uh, but he didn't actually do that great in March. He went seven for nine and was about 20 kilos off his best total. So he was, he was a little off there and that was actually on his home turf as well. So I, so that is not, not super encouraging for him. So all, all said and done, I'm saying it's going to be really close between Joe Jordan, Eddie Berglund and Panna. Uh, but I'm saying Joe Jordan first, second, Eddie Berglund. Um, and I think that the Swedish coaching, which is sort of generally very high quality, is going to be helpful there as well. Um, though it's probably worth pointing out in Worlds in 2019, he did actually bomb. So that's uh, worth worth pointing out as well. And then third place, I'm saying Panna. All right, Bill, what do you think? What kind of information you got for us? Yeah, I'm on pretty much around the same wavelength as Rory there. I got Eddie. I got, I'm sorry. I have Joe Jordan coming in first place. I have Eddie coming in second place. And then Panna is just the big question mark here, depending on, you know, how healthy he actually is. Um, so he can, he could be anywhere between, you know, first and fifth place in this thing, which is crazy. Um, just depending on which one shows up and obviously his, his training's looking very funky now because he's injured, but also like, what has that done to his body weight? And now, 
you know, how is the, the cut, if it is going to be a tough cut for him, how hard is that going to be on his body then on meat day kind of thing, which is, it's, it's rough. Um, Cause we all know his crazy stories about cutting weight, but I know he's been living a lot closer to the, uh, to the 66 line for now. So I stuck Pana in third place just because he's a defending champion. Um, I have Jonathan Garcia coming in fourth and then Kyoto coming in fifth. But the interesting thing with Kyoto is as far as Sheffield goes, the secondary qualification for Sheffield is if there's one of the IPF regions is not represented by a winner, then if the highest percentage of the world record total over 95% from any other lifter in the competition will get to go to Sheffield. So for the 66s, the qualifying total will be 670 for the winner, which I think, you know, George Jordan will hit that for sure. Um, but then, so then basically Kyoto only has to hit, 670 or higher and there's a very 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 good chance he ends up going to sheffield 2023 so hopefully he has that information he knows that and i think that could sway the way he kind of runs his meat plan also because you know bronze you know possibly pulling for a bronze medal or pulling for you know sheffield you know i think i'd probably take sheffield to be completely honest with you but that's just me um but um that's just kind of a little wrench in the a wrench in this for now for him but um yeah so i got joe eddie panna jonathan and Kyoto. what do you think ryan how do you have it playing out all right look <laughs> so eddie hit his 728 he was in the 74 kilo class but he was around 70 kilo um Kyoto hit his 700 kilo total and he was around he was in the 74 kilo class but he's around 70 kilo so these fellas aren't cutting a shitload of weight from there, but it is going to impact them as well as travel. Penn is injured. We know this. My man is, was doing dumbbell presses instead of bench press, and he's starting to bench now, but it's behind. It's not where it used to be. The returning world champion isn't at 100%, but I'll tell you who is looking 100%. Joe Jordan is looking phenomenal in training. Um, the big caveat, I'm, I don't think he cuts a lot of weight, but oh my fucking God, does he look jacked for a 66? Um, all types of huge. So if he's cutting weight, it's going to be difficult, but he's got Chance Mitchell coaching him. And Chance doesn't leave shit to Chance. All variables are checked. I had Joe Jordan on the podcast from counting calories. Hold on a second, really quick. Chance didn't go for the win at PA Nationals. <laughs> he left it to Chance to be an alternate to make the world team. It worked out for him. But don't say, <laughs> he, doesn't right, but I'm, but don't I'm, say he doesn't leave things a chance because he completely left that to Chance instead of trying to pull for the win. He, he got but, lucky. Out all there. right. Well, go this ahead. is a little bit veering off. But what I'm saying is in terms of preparation, um, Chance, we, we, I had Joe Jordan on here as well as Chance on the podcast, and they talk about prepping. And in terms of like, you know, your water loading, calories, your recomp after you water load, the whole nine. I think George Jordan's going to be ready. It doesn't mean things can't happen, but of any of these guys, George Jordan is not that guy flying blind. The day before, it's not like, how many calories do you have in your system? Are you going to be okay tomorrow? He'll know how many calories he has in his system. He'll know exactly what he needs to do the day of to get back. Um, so they're very thorough with their preparation, where some people aren't. When you talk to them, they just don't have any idea, uh, you know, what, what's in the, what kind of gas is in the tank. So I think George Jordan, from what we see in his training, is going to transfer over to the platform. George Jordan is my gold medal pick. I'm going to put Penna in silver. I know Penna's injured, but his squat's moving, his dead's moving, and he's starting to bench. 
and god damn it is he scrappy he's he's a scrappy fighter he's he has bested eddie berglund twice at the international level it doesn't mean you're always going to be able to do it especially if you're not at 100 percent. but i think he's i know obviously he's going to pull after um eddie i think he's going to make it happen and he's going to pull after jonathan garcia so he does have that advantage so i think he's going to pull himself into a silver medal and that's why i'm picking penna now for my bronze Oh, it must be it must be Eddie Berglund then, right? Maybe guess not. again. Hey, guess okay, again. Ryan, I've I've got a question. Okay, so sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> now you fire away, Playboy. Let let the man speak. It's his turn. No, yeah, that's right. Okay, so I, he, has I, he only has eight seconds left. Let him go. Go ahead. Ask me a question. Then I'll say bronze. How does the Sheffield qualification affect Panna's choices? Does he think that silver is important, or does he go? I don't care that I'm injured. I'm going to load whatever I need to win and get the Sheffield nomination uh, because he probably won't uh, on the secondary qualification because there'll be other Europeans who do qualify. Um, Does he just on his third load whatever he needs, regardless of his current position, potentially lose silver or even bronze in order to try and win and try to go to Sheffield? It could be. I mean, it's, you got to look through that crystal ball and see how this thing might potentially play out. He, I, he might be loading up for that gold as long as he's, I mean, it really depends on how far back Penham might conceivably be and how far ahead Joe Jordan is. I mean, I think, all right, let's start throwing this out there. I honestly think Joe Jordan is around 710-ish. Um, I think he's got that in him. And he might be, I don't know, I don't want to overblow, but I am very high in Joe Jordan right now. I think he might be, it might come down to the point where he's just too far Possibly Penna loads up no matter what, but if it's like 310 kilo types, I don't know how far do you cut it off or do you be like, fuck it, load it. I, I, it's tough. This is, this is a tough conversation. It is a good point you're having because yes, do you, is, is Penna the guy who's going to go out on his shield, throw, potentially throw away his third attempt. And then these other guys that I just said, okay, they don't have the same deadlift as him. Now they could snake in and take that silver. Could be. Although I've said that kind of thing before and then chance pulls for second. So what the <laughs> fuck do I know, man? It's hard to say, my man. I don't know. I don't know. But so um, who you got for bronze. So anyways, it was a good <laughs> question. Oh, Rory. Thank you. It was a good conversation. I'm going to go pennant for silver, but you're right with that caveat for bronze medal though. I'm going to go with Jonathan Garcia. If Jonathan Garcia can get three squats in, in their top end squats, look the fuck out. I'm going to tell you that right now. Look out. And he's got a dead. His deadlift isn't amazing. He might be able to pull Eddie Berglund. If it's coming down to the bronze medal, someone's going to pull onto the podium and they're neck and neck. And Jonathan Garcia is capable of 700. He hit a 697.5 two years ago. It's there. The strength is there. He can go into the seven. If we're looking at a podium, that's going to be probably 700 and up around. If travel brings them all down, they'll all come down together. But you know around potential, right? Um, so let's just throw that out there. I think if potential's all very close, I think Jonathan's going to be able to pull Eddie. I'll just throw that there. And um, Eddie's bench is a variable that's very, you can say the same thing about Jonathan's squat, squat depth, whatever the shit, it's tough. But I think Eddie's bench can go up, down, God knows what, long pause command. The guy can almost pass out and not make it. I'm taking Jonathan Garcia for my bronze. Kyoto scares me, but I think... Billy Mack, 
Wild Bill is 100. He's not Wild Bill, so he's by the book Bill right now. He's throwing out the <laughs> rules and the stats for us. By the book Bill is up here, and he's 100% right that he'd be smart to play his bets for Sheffield and not so much for a podium here. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think I think Eddie's phenomenal. Look, I love I fucking love Eddie Bergman, and he's a sweet kid when you meet him in, li- in real life too. But this is as stacked as they come. So me saying he's going to come in fourth is no insult, and he could look at he could fucking win it all. He's that good. That's how close it is. 100% I can see him winning it. His top end strength is 728. What does that tell you? Yeah, it's definitely tough with so many variables going in there. Um, I was looking at it too. I switched my picks a couple times because you have guys like, like you said, Eddie and Kyoto who recently um, weighed in the higher weight class, have to cut down. You have people like Eddie and Jonathan who have the weaker deadlifts compared to Joe Jordan and Panna have the stronger deadlifts. Then you also have the factor like, for Joe Jordan and Jonathan Garcia, this is their first ever world championship. It's their first time competing in powerlifting on another continent. Even for Pana, going from France to Sweden is a little bit easier than going from France to South Africa. You know, the money might be the same, the food might be the same, and, you know, the trip isn't as far and stuff like that. So there's some interesting variables there. Obviously, I have my bias pick because I'm going to be handling Jonathan Garcia the day of. Uh, but I think, like you guys are saying, Joe Jordan has the momentum right now. He already has the 700 kilo total in the bag. He hit that 295 deadlift recently in the gym. So I end up going with Joe Jordan for first, potentially breaking the world record total as well. And then from there, I went with my boy, Jonathan Garcia for second. I think he's going to perform well. He's going to execute. And then I got Eddie Berglund for third. Even though he's cutting weight, I think he can still hit a PR total for the 66 kilo class. Pana, because of that bench. I don't know. He could do 150. He could do 175. I have no idea. So I put him at fourth, thinking that the bench is not going to be there yet. And like Rory said, you can't come to this battle um, with one of your lifts like being lagging behind, you know, five, 10%. And then I got Kyoto down at fifth just because, like, it's going to be, you know, he has the lower total for the 66s. He's going to be traveling a lot. He's going to be looking to lock in that Sheffield. And then from there, we'll see if he tries to like get into fourth or third, but I have him at fifth. So that's definitely going to be one of the, if not the toughest battle at Worlds, the deepest class. Really quick right. before we switch, how many over 700, 700 plus kilo totals in this? One through five or zero through five? Well, let me Ryan, see, we got... I think all five are capable, but. Yeah, we know that. We know that. All right. All right zero all through right. five. All right. All right. Settle. I think it's going to be right around two or three. Okay. Rory. Well, you got to firm up. Don't say two or three. You got to say. Okay. I'll say three. At yeah. at seven hundred or above, I'm saying I'm saying a podium of seven hundred up. Okay, I got one. If Joe Jordan makes his his last deadlift, which will be a he'll already have it won by his last deadlift, and he's going to go for the world record total. So he one if he hits the world record total. But I've got two. I'm saying Joe Jordan around seven ten, and I'm saying Eddie Berglund around seven oh two, and then I'm thinking everyone else probably sort of six ninety five and down. Okay, cool. Uh, Definitely better than you know everyone else thinking everyone's gonna go five seven fifteen seven oh five. <laughs> um, all right, we'll move to the seventy four kilo class, which is gonna be a little bit different. Where you have a clear winner, even though the nominations don't show it. You have Taylor Atwood coming back, even though his nominated total is a hundred kilos less. He sandbagged it at nationals. Um, he was dealing with the injury as well, but it seems like everything is going well now. So it seems like he's gonna be the clear favorite. But then you have these other guys that are all stacked up against each other very closely. And then you have a new lifter from Cameroon, Fong Gang to Chap, who is nominated at 750. He's currently nominated first, 
but there's not much information about him. I don't know if you guys found anything, but I couldn't really find anything on Instagram or on Open Powerlifting. So then we'll see where he falls. But then we have uh, Leonardo from Australia, uh, Rambo from France, Alexander Erickson from Sweden, and even down to Joshua Wright and Clinton Lee that can all be battling up there for second, third place. Um, so how about we start off with Bill? What do you think about for the 74s? I mean, as much as I want to pick uh, Fong Gang to take this thing, I just don't know anything about him. So I'm um, taking Atwood at first place. I'm going to go with um, Rambo in second place. Hopefully he puts together a really, really nice day, puts up a nice big total. And then I have uh, Leonardo from Australia coming in third place. Um, he just competed recently and put up together a nice total in there. Alexander Erickson, I would put him in second place all day long if he was not coming back from some sort of injury. Every time I see his training post in, it's like, I'm feeling pretty decent today. Okay, today was really shitty. Today was really good. Yeah, so if it's an on day for him, silver medal. If not, he's probably off the podium, to be completely honest with you. Um, so I have him sitting in fourth place, but very well could be a silver medalist for sure. Um, real quick, the whole Sheffield spiel on this one. 751 is the qualifying total for that. I think Atwood hits that pretty easily as the winner. Um, and then the big wild card here is the the Tichap Fongang, where he's listed as 750 nomination. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think there's going to be any other African winners um, in the world championship. So if he hits 751, he can get that automatic bid to Sheffield 2023. So if he's legit at sitting at 750, man, like that would be, first hashtag, of all, hashtag awesome. Fongang. <laughs> it would be fucking awesome. Um, but then, you know, get, you know, basically his first worlds, his first, you know, whatever, you know, popping into Sheffield would be really, really cool. So if you're listening and you legitimately have a 750 total, go over that, please. <laughs> Roy, what do you think? Uh, so I, I've got Atwood at the top. The question isn't whether Atwood wins. I don't think it's how much does he win by. Um, and depending how his injury is, that could be anything from way over 800 if he's on his A game. Um, or he could just do whatever he needs to do to win by a little bit. Uh, maybe he goes like 770, uh, blows everyone away by 20 kilos still, but that's relatively conservative for him. Um, I have to, I just, same as Bill, I just have to discount Fongag Techap's 750 nomination because I could find zero evidence of that. And in the past, when we've seen some really high nominations out of uh, the African Championship meet in particular, those athletes have then failed to live up to it. And I've, I've never seen videos of this meet. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how it runs, but it just doesn't seem to run to the same standard as IPF Worlds. And so if I'm looking at a 750 total from an unknown meet from a lifter that we know nothing about, I just have to say like, that's probably not worth 750. Like um, I, I think he's probably going to total less than that. So then, then sort of in the tumult immediately below that, uh, basically the same as Bill. I'm actually saying... Leonardo Sukatra, the Australian second, and Paul Rambo third, but I'm putting both of them around the 730 to 735 mark, so I think it's going to be pretty tight either way. Um, I really like Alexander Eriksson. I would like to back him, but I think he's about 30 or 40 kilos off his squat still, and so oh. if he wasn't, he could probably go 740 and clinch a second place, uh, but I it just doesn't seem like it's going to be there based on his, he did a meet a little while ago that was just not great. Um, his training just looks n not great. Um, so I believe he had some sort of abdomen surgery and he's still recovering from that. Um, and so that just, uh, 
seems like it's bro- blown his ability to brace completely out of the water. Um, so I, I think he's probably more like a fifth or sixth place in this case, uh, which, which is unfortunate because he is the defending champ. Um, but props to him for showing up anyway, because like you could very easily look at that and say, hey, I'm injured. I'm 40 kilos off my best squad. I'm just going to stay home. And I'm glad he's not doing that. I'll jump in here now next and leave you for the last one, Ryan. Uh, For Alexander, what I could find is I couldn't find an injury, but he had appendicitis surgery back in April. So it's not too long ago and he had to lose on training time. And then, yeah, like Roy said, who knows what his bracing is like and building his numbers back up. So his best number was 725, but recently he did a 705 and then that surgery. I I have him off the podium as well. So obviously I have Taylor at first with Fong Gang. Yeah, sometimes it's the meat they do doesn't transfer to the world, but sometimes it's they don't even have those numbers. Some nations just nominate numbers, even though you're supposed to use a national higher level meet from the last 12 months. Some nations just don't follow that rule. And then I believe they upped his nomination numbers like between preliminary preliminary and final nominations, potentially just to like show him his num- nominee number one, potentially maybe it helps with funding or just to like say, hey, we have some from Cameroon list to high. So who knows? We'll see what, what actually happens. So I also have Leonardo at second because he did 735 recently is his best total. And then I have Rambo also at third because he did 727 and he tends to miss a number of attempts. So if he can come make eight or nine attempts, he could potentially pull and steal second place. But I just haven't seen it yet. And so I just kept him um, at third based on him going to be missing, you know, two or three different attempts. And then, like I said, Alexander at fourth and Joshua Wright at five. What are you thinking, Ryan? Um, my picks actually mirror yours, but I wasn't aware that Alexander was, it was that bad in terms of how hard it had hit his training numbers. If Rory's, you know, estimation is right. His squats like that, that's a pretty, I mean, I was hoping he might be a scrappy underdog and potentially come through and have one of those good comeback stories. But if he's fallen that far behind, then that's really going to put the nail in the coffin there. But yeah, I'm I'm going to go Leonardo and then Rambo as well. And obviously Taylor, number one, and Fung Gang. I'm not buying into it. <laughs> I wouldn't bet too much on that. But uh, we'll see. It'd be an interesting story if he shows up like, hey, let me introduce myself. Yeah, and, after uh, his final Della, he'll come to the uh, commentator table to you. In fact, let me introduce myself to you. I meant like to the world, but I, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, but also can... specifically to you. King of yeah. this is the world. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But that would be interesting if he, if he sneaks into a Sheffield spot too. That would be, you know, you get Kyoto there, you get Fong Gang there, some people that you didn't expect. Um, True. Going into the 83 kilo class, this is going to be a battle of the, the top two lifters. You know, on the nominations, we have Delaney Wallace from USA at 810 and then Tim Monagati from New Zealand at 808.5. But Tim also did a local meet recently where he actually did 812.5. So he actually totaled more than what Delaney just totaled at nationals. And he did it after. So some of the U.S. people saying, oh, we had to compete, you know, eight weeks out. Tim Monagani and some of these other lifters have also been competing eight, seven, or six weeks out. So these totals are also recent. Then below them, you have a little bit of a drop to uh, Jurens from Great Britain, Emilio from Italy, Owen Hover from Great Britain. Um, and it just keeps going on with different uh, top name lifters down the list. So how about we start off with uh, Rory? What are you thinking for the 83s since you have a guy in the battle? Yeah, so obviously I have to uh, back New Zealand, right? So I think I was at the meet that uh, Tim did his 812.5. Um, the standard was was quite good at that meet. He went nine for nine. Uh, none of the lifts were his absolute limit. They weren't, like, don't get me wrong, they weren't easy. He wasn't RPE7 everything. Uh, 
but but he wasn't RP 10 uh 10 second panna grind either right like they were moderate um and so like based on that and and of course incorporating my own bias I have to back back Tim for first but I will say for Delaney he's probably good for I'm picking around about 825 830 um and I will I will say that he makes a lot of sorry uh if if he is on on form bill he has done an 822.5 uh mid mid last year um and one thing that I will say for Delaney Wallace as well is that he makes a lot of attempts and when you get down to a battle that is going to come down to the last couple of kilos and body weights and lot numbers and, and all of those things the difference between going sort of seven for nine and going eight for nine is basically the difference between coming first and coming second right and over his last i think i looked at five meets delaney's gone an average of 8.4 um he's made 80 percent of his third deadlifts he's made 80 percent of his third squats like he he's a person who executes when it matters um so like i i definitely wouldn't be taking him lightly um but but i do think that tim will take it then there is like quite a mess i just below about 800 kilos uh for who is going to be coming in for third i think assuming that neither Tim nor Delaney completely drops the ball. Um, so I'm, I'm actually picking uh, Jurens, the British lifter. Uh, I think he's capable of an 800 kilo total if he can put it together <clears> on the day. Um, he, he has yet to actually put it together on the day, um, but, but that's what I think he is good for. And then I think most of the rest of the lifters in that mess uh, are coming in around this sort of 780 to 790 mark. I will also point out that Owen Hubbard is probably not going to be in the top five. I think he's down a little bit, um, but but he was a favorite for medal contention sort of a few years back. And I noticed when I was looking at his open battle lifting that he's actually been competing since 2009. So he is probably the um, like the biggest veteran out of this group. And so that's kind of cool and, and, and worth pointing out, I think. Uh, Ryan, what are you thinking? Well, I mean, I remember Owen Hubbard when he was um... – Brett versus John Hack, and he would take all the posters from SBD and insert his face because he was third. He's nominated third. I think he took bronze that year, and he's like, man, I'm really getting overlooked considering I'm going to be on the podium. But everything was Hack versus Gibbs, Hack versus Gibbs, and he was like, he was turned it into a meme fest, and it was pretty good. But yeah, he's a Grizzly veteran. Hats off to the guy. But I, I, I'm going to side with Delaney Wallace here. Delaney Wallace's top end is very high. Look, a year ago, he was at... 822.5 kilo he is stronger you know i i he has squatted 700 pounds in the gym his top end is very big it's all about bringing it day up peanuts it wasn't there i'm not entirely sure why but i hope he does whatever it was you know whether it was the cut the, the food whatever it was he, i hope he figures it out because it needs to be there in south africa and guess what Traveling to South Africa is a lot harder than traveling to Austin, Texas. So I hope he can, he can, he's learning whatever he needs to learn. His top end strength is very high, very high. He was 822.5 previously. And I remember he's like, man, I could push this into the 830s, 840s. Um, in, in over a course of a year, a young man like that. Yeah. His top end could be but it's got to translate onto the platform. I don't know if he's going to get that high at Worlds, but I think he will get high enough to take gold. Obviously, Tim will come in second then for the third place. It's tough. If Owen Hubbard's down, Jervins looks like he's probably the guy who's going to do it. I agree with Rory. I think he's capable of an 800 kilo total. I would love to see an 800 kilo and up podium. 
It all depends on all the intangibles when you show up at Worlds and who's scrapping it out. Uh, Italy's Emilio is a hell of a deadlifter, and he's in there. Kafli Hochiami from Canada. I'm telling you, man. That's what I'm I, waiting for. Listen, I know his his nominated 750. Don't believe that bullshit. It's definitely higher, but um, he's he played like very high-level soccer, and the knees and the hips can bother him here and there. And if he's 100% healthy, he'll be in the late 700s. If Jurens is at 800 up, that's going to be tough. But if he doesn't make it there, if he doesn't make it there and he's hanging out in the late seven hundos, that is up. That bronze is up for grabs and calf. We might take it. King calf king in the North. Let's, let's see what you, what do you guys got? Uh, I'll jump in next. Um, yeah. You have this group where you have Delaney versus Tim. And I don't know if um, Roy was looking at our strength guy scouting reports or if he made his own, but he made a point as far as Delaney is pretty good when it comes to his third attempts. He makes 80% of his squats and delos and 100% of his benches. Versus Tim, thus far, is a little bit lower. He makes about 60% of his third attempt squats, 50% of his bench, and 55% of his deadlifts. So he needs to come out there and he needs to make attempts. You know, even if he had a little bit more of him at the local meet, again, it's different for these guys to have to travel and have to go to the IPF standard as far as depth and, you know, how long the pauses are going to be on bench and all those kinds of things. So Delaney, like one at nationals, he had more in his deadlift. So I think he had a bigger total on the day. And two, he hasn't posted like anything since then. So we kind of like guessing here. So I'm taking Delaney one, Tim two, one a little bit biased and two based on the stats. And then a similar thing when you go to the next group, Jerns versus Emilio. Jerns misses a lot of attempts. You know, he only makes 64% of his squat, third attempt squats, 57 bench, and 28% of his third attempt deadlifts. Versus Emilio makes 80% of his third attempt squats and benches and 60% of his deadlifts. So even though Jerns has the better total going in, I think Emilio making more attempts and having the bigger deadlift is going to pull and beat him out and take the podium. So I have Emilio for third. I have Jerns for fourth. And yeah, with, with our boy King Calf, Calfway, you know, he could potentially put up on a good day if he makes all his attempts, 765, 770, I think. So if Owen has a bad day, I think he can maybe steal fifth, um, but he has to go and make attempts, especially the deadlift where last, uh, last year wasn't there. Um, but even if he gets, you know, sixth or seventh, you know, he's continuing to progress and build it up from there. Um, Bill, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, so for my third place, um, I have Emilio over Jurens. Emilio beat Jurens at um, Europeans last year. Um, he ended up setting the world record deadlift at the time. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so he, he ended up hitting the world record deadlift and jumped right ahead of him, pulling the first place at that point. And then what happens was the French lifter then pulled another world record to pop over and take the win overall. So he actually had more left in the tank on his deadlift. Um but he just kind of took what he needed to lock in the world record and possibly the world cha- or the European championship. So I think he has more left in the tank there. Um, and then as far as first and second goes, um, I have Delaney beating Tim here. Um, I think it will be super close. I was very, very high on Delaney going into PA nationals, hoping that he would just kind of skirt through that, you know, unscathed, whatever. And he just had a rough meet. Um, obviously an eight ten and a rough meet is still, pretty damn good but um you know like like kind of like ryan said going to south africa then you know my i went from 100 percent down to like 53 percent you know sure kind of thing but um i think the other interesting thing here is going to be is the um sheffield qualifiers 799 kilos 
Okay. So we look at these guys, we're like, okay, 810, 808.5 are their nominated totals. And that's what they've kind of done most recently, 810, 812, whatever. That's 1% away from not making it. Right. So, I mean, that's like one miss, one miss bench press. And guess what? You're not making that total. I mean, again, they could come out and blow it out of the water and go 820, 830, 840, whatever. But again, the travel to South Africa, I would be surprised if we see some really, really high numbers like that. And then the second part of that is if Delaney does put up some huge number and Tim's kind of not in it, then obviously he needs and he knows since he's from the Oceania um, region that he would have to kind of get 799 or higher to potentially be placed into the Sheffield 2023. So, you know, there's some, there's some other little storylines in there too. So anyway, I have Delaney one, Tim two, I got Emilio three, Jurens four, and I'm not sure if there's going to be an 83 making the Sheffield. It's going to be close. I think that that would be pretty wild. If like, let's say Delaney wins with a 795 and right. no one gets a automatic spot. They all fall into like the alternate pool or whatever. Delaney should be like, dog, are you sure you need this world title? Just solidify Sheffield. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's not worth it, man. <laughs> just, every now and then shoot a message. Just be like, That's a lot of money. I don't know. I don't know how you live in, but I could use it. I don't know. Up to you. All right, well, we'll see. Let's jump into the 93s where this is another one that's going to be an absolute battle of well, at least one through five, similar to the 66 kilo class. Of course, you have the champ, Jonathan Keiko nominated first. And then, you know, he in 2021 Nationals battled against Gavin Aiden to the final deadlift, and now Gavin's back. At 2021 Worlds, he battled against Gustav down to the final deadlift, and even uh, Emil from Bulgaria was there, and now they're back. And then at 2022 Nationals, uh, just the other month, he battled against Chance, who didn't pull for the win, but he kept it close for a little while, and now Chance is back. So now... Jonathan Kaigo has to go against all of them at the same time. So that's going to be interesting. Um, Chance, Gustav, Gavin, Emil, and then might as well throw in there Sasha from Germany as well, who has the world record deadlift. So this one is going to be a wild one. I'll open up who wants to go and talk about this one first. Nobody? I'll go for it. Go for yeah, it. I'll go, go for it. Listen, Kaiko hasn't missed in a, quite a long time. You can't bet against the guy. I don't care. You just can't. You can't bet against the guy right now. He hasn't missed a lift in years, years at this point. He keeps you keep putting people in front of him. Keeps knocking him down. His spread here with eight eighty eight. Um, you know, Chance hit that big deadlift at the end just to get the eight seventy five. So the spread on that was actually a lot bigger than it looks. Um, obviously, he went head to head with Gustav, knocked him out already. Um, Sasha had a pretty, you know easy 863 kind of when he went through Western Europeans um, last year. So I expect more out of him also. And then Gab Aiden at 855, I think is pretty low for him. As long as his travel and his cut and everything goes on point, he should be good for a lot more than that. But that being said, I have Keiko one, Gustav two, Gavin three. I have the two big deadlifters pulling big at the end and missing kind of, you know, trying to pull for placing kind of thing. Um, because, you know, you only get a chance. You know, it's only one day a year you can be a world champion. So you might as well load it up and go for it if they're not sitting in that spot already kind of thing. You know what I mean? So um, I have those three sitting there. Real quick, the Sheffield qualifiers, 829, which all three of those guys should hit. You know, any of them should hit pretty easily. Um, two quick things here is 
that you have a Libyan lifter who's sitting at 810 on the nomination. So he could kind of slide into the 829 potentially. Um, Alcini Finari. And then there's another sneaky, sneaky one down the bottom there. <laughs> Omar. Um, um, Omar Kanani, who um, has put up some big totals in the past. I mean, he's sitting there at a 730 qualifying total. Again, Algeria with a very, very low number there. But he's hit, um, was it 812? Yeah, 812 in the past. Um, you know, he's, he's been brought the silver medalist before. So, you know, if he's, if this is a legitimately just a BS nomination nominated total, you know, he's good for, I'm not saying he's good for the podium or anything like that, but again, out of the African region, he could end up hitting that 829 potentially and snagging a spot at Sheffield or, um, you know, someone from Africa could possibly there. So, yep. That's my story on those guys. It's a, I was just going to mention real quick, real, uh, real quick, Ryan. It's interesting. Even if Amar was like possible for the podium, they're splitting the 93s into the A and B group for the Eurosport. So only the top eight are in the A group at night. So he would have to like, you know, he goes in the morning, they all know his total and then they all beat it. So he's kind of a disadvantage there. What were you going to say, Ryan? Well, that's the interesting uh, thing too, real quick. Sorry. So there's 26 of them. They all actually 26 show up. You're going to have eight in that primetime flight. Then you're going to have two groups of, um, was that uh, eight? So would be what? 20, be 18, so be two groups of nine. So he would actually be in the, the B flight in that. He would be in the lowest flight because <laughs> of his nominated total. It's in the so minors. Like literally all these other guys could pass him up anyway. So yeah, it'd be interesting. But you know, if, you know, <laughs> you know it'd be badass if someone makes Sheffield out of the, like the, the C flight of the uh, 93s. <laughs> what a story. Um, <laughs> No, okay. So listen. First off, those six guys are probably all going to be in the late eight hundreds. Like Emil coming as the six nominated, he'll be in the late eight hundreds for sure as well. Uh, well, you never can say for sure, but he's he's more than likely projected to be. So that's crazy amount of ninety threes. Six guys in the late eight hundreds. Bill, who did you have in your second and third again? Sorry, uh, uh, Keiko, Gustav, Gavin. Um. So where did you think Gustav would end off with his total? I'm interested. Higher than the rest of them, but not, but not higher. But under Kaiko, <laughs> yeah, I could I could see him like you know in eight in the eight seventies probably. Gotcha. So then you think you know Chance isn't going to expand on, or he will expand on top end strength, but travel brings it down. Shit like that. You think those because Gavin? No, no, no. I'm saying that he's going to go for gold medal and try to put something enormous on the bar to pull for the win. And, and with his Gavin, Sasha, he, same thing. What with like a, with chances Delph, he might be taking like a 15 kilo jump. And so then all of a sudden he's left out. What do I got? The thing about it, like if, if for him in order to be, to beat um, Keiko last time, he would have had to jump another 13 kilos on top of what yeah. he already jumped. Right. So instead of picking like a- Bill's picks, why don't you just make your pick? All right. Fuck it. Let me just do my pick. Let me know what you think. All right. I got Keiko as well. Uh, because everything you already said, the guy is, he doesn't miss. He is Mr. Perfect. And to go nine for nine that many times, at the national level, the world level, the national level, and to face quality, uh, they're always battles. They're always tough. Like, he can't miss. If he missed his third deadlift, um, then all of a sudden, Chance is like, okay, well, now I'm pulling for the win. If he misses, he, he's got to be perfect, and he actually is for years. Every single time out in a tough battle, how do you go against a guy like that? He's earned it. Um, I could see if you, if you see something in someone else, and that's a nice segue for my silver medalist. I see something in Gavin Aiden. And if there's anybody I think that's going to upset Keiko, there's something going on with Gavin. 
His squat is on fire. I think he doubled 320 kilos, 705 on squat. If he gets all three squats in, if he gets all three squats in, holy fuck. And I talked to him in the DMs and he's like, listen to me. This is uh, whatever you guys thought I was going to do. I was in the 880s previously. We're well past that. We're well past that. And 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 his numbers look like he's well past that. So what are we talking about? If he was last year's nationals in the 880s and he's well past that, where is that? Are we getting close to nine? I think Keiko's got around nine. You know, I know. So Gavin's right there. I, I, I'm picking Keiko Gold, Gavin Silver, but I'm telling you, if I, I can picture if anyone's going to do this, I can agree with you if you guys are saying that the big deadlifters are going to load up and miss the last dead. Gavin plays a tight nine for nine game. If he goes perfect, turns into Mr. Perfect himself, if he goes nine for nine, Gavin can fucking do this. And um, people got to really start thinking about that, wrapping their heads about that. If you start looking at his training numbers, something's going on here. Having said that, uh, I think I'll take for my bronze. I will take chance. Um, he's got a fuck. His, his squat is moving. His bench is moving. His PA Nats was good, but he was saying, look, my bench didn't show up. Um, I got more of my squat. His squat is moving nicely. I think he's actually going to, that wasn't his full capabilities, even though it was his PR total. And I know people think it's not full capabilities, PR total. It still doesn't mean it was his hundred percent. I think he's even better now looking at his training numbers. It looks impressive. He looks like he'll be on. I don't think he's going to be able to, to beat Keiko or Gavin. I got him nudging ahead of guys like Gustav, Sasha in the mill, but I'm telling you one through six are killers. And Gustav is a junior world champion who out-totaled the Open and is a fucking murderer. And if you told me, if someone said, man, I could think Gustav could take gold, I wouldn't laugh in your face. I'd be like, yeah, no, he fucking could take gold. If you told, told me, you know, I think Sasha's going to do this. Yeah, no, no, he could. None of this is crazy. When I'm telling you one, two, three, four, five, and then male coming in six, I'm telling you, the difference in the top three is tight if people start missing. Keiko hasn't missed. If he fucking missed at PA Nats, it could have been chance. You know, Keiko eventually is going to miss. Who the fuck knows? So anyways, let me just throw that caveat out there because sometimes you say bronze and it's a big spread from gold, like in the 74s. That's not the case here. And when I say Gustav fourth, nobody respects Gustav more than I do. I'm saying the guy could fucking pull it all out and, and, and throw egg in my face. And I would eat that fucking egg the next following morning for breakfast, fellas. <laughs> God bless. I said my piece. Uh, all right, so, what do you just, so really quick, let me ask really quick, sorry. So you think eight lifts from Chance beats nine lifts from Gustav? Or do you think Chance doesn't go pull, try to pull for the win? I'm not sure. See, if, if Keiko hits around nine hundo, I think Keiko and Gavin are both possible 900 up on top end possibilities. If it unloads like that, because Chance last time didn't pull for, for the win last time, I don't, I'm not sure. It's, it's a tough one. It depends how big the spread is. If like Sure enough, if he's close enough, he could, but Gustav will pull for it too, man. Gustav will pull for the win as well, man. Like what if Gu- we're talking about Chance got a big dead. Gustav could have a, a subtotal close enough that he's like, fuck it, we're pulling for the win. All of them, we could do that game for everybody. 
not just Chance, right? They all got big debts. Gustav isn't as big a dead as Chance and Sasha, but I can make the argument Gustav will be closer by the time Deads rolls around, so he doesn't need as big a dead. So I don't... You make a good point, though. These battles, and Rory brought that up earlier, too. I forget what weight class where he's like, what if the battle unfolds like this? 100%. It's, it's tough to, to tell, right? But you're, 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 you're right. Yeah, just in my head, it's just like, you know, Chance has been obsessed with going to the world championship, becoming world champion. He's not going to let that bar leave his hand unless until he tries for it. That's my what opinion. If, what if this, though? Here's, here's, I thought the same thing, and then I started thinking this. What if it starts really getting away from him, and it's like, look at Chance. You could solidify a medal and get on the podium at Worlds, and you know how much Worlds means well, that's, to you. That's different then. So, but you're saying that his strength is up, and his, you, know, you haven't seen the best Chance Mitchell yet, so that means that he's going to be in the conversation. He, it's, it depends on the battle unfolds. I got him bronze yeah. money. But you're right. Like, fucking... That's, not, that's why I left him off the podium because I think he's just going to load up whatever he needs in that last one for the win. And then he's going to get passed up, I think. That's all. Maybe. But yeah, I can re- I respect what you're saying for sure. Yeah, it's tough. I fucking did. I, honestly, this in the 66s. Whew. Yeah, at least on the, on the men's side. I'll, I'll jump in and give my thoughts next. As far as like world records, which makes it interesting as well with the chips, is the way Gavin's looking on squat, Gavin could technically or potentially break the world record squat, which is at 331. Then you have Jonathan Keiko who could break the world record bench. And then you have Sasha and Chance who can both break the world record Dellup. So you could potentially have all the world records and the world record total broke, broken. And the funny thing is Gustav can't break any of the world records with his like current numbers, but he could potentially you know win because he's capable. He's done 865 before, and I think he potentially has... 875 on a good day on him so if Jonathan Kaiko does have an off day finally if he does finally miss some lifts maybe Gustav could steal that and break no world records along the way um, but I think outside of Jonathan looking down I think all those guys are potentially 865 to 875 personally I don't think we're going to see 800 pl- or 900 plus I think those guys will all fight for 865 to 875 and then all Kaiko needs to do is like 880 which is going to be more than what he did last year last year he won with like 873 so I'm picking Kaiko for first. He has the highest total. He can chip the bench. He makes all his lifts. And then I went back and forth, went back and forth. I end up sticking with the way the nominations are. I think Chance will pull for second. I think Gustav will fall for third because his train doesn't look like it's nothing amazing that he's going to be putting huge PRs. And I think Sasha will look to play the world record Delph game with Chance and also pull to jump Gavin into fourth. And I think Gavin will get fifth place. Um, I know, I know Gavin's done the 880, but since that 880, he's had some, you know, ups and downs along the way. He hasn't produced and he has the weaker deadlift. So then these guys can pass him along the way. And looking at Gavin, he does make a lot of attempts, but again, just having that lower deadlift is going to hurt him. And just really quick, as far as Gustav, um, you think he has a big deadlift as well. He makes 10% of his third attempt deadlifts. If you go look at his meet results, he keeps missing his third attempts, whether it's world or Europeans or anything like that. So I think if Jonathan slips up, he could potentially steal it. But I just and don't that 10% think he did make should have been bad anyway. So it doesn't matter. So, so, that, <laughs> so that's why I have him at, uh, at third. So I got Keiko, Chance, Gustav for my top three. Rory? I've only got a couple of things that I want to add from what everybody's already said. Um, So like Bill, I have the big deadlifters. I've got Chance and Sasha. I've got them off the podium. So I think think the winner is likely to be in the 880s, potentially as high as 890. I don't think we're going to see an 890s or a 900. Um, So what I think is going to happen there is they're probably going to have 
to jump 15 or even 20 kilos from their second to third deadlifts to try take it, which means they're going to end up with what looks like a lot lower total when actually what it's going to come down to is whether they can lock out their third deadlift or not. So I think they're both going to end with like a, you know, 865 to 875 in that range just off the podium. One other thing that I'll add there is that I was very surprised Chance's third deadlift passed at PA Nats. And if he does that again at Worlds, it probably won't. Um, so like, like yes, he passed that at, at PA Nats. But if you did, I, I don't know if you can rely on a deadlift looking like that at, at IPF Worlds. So uh, in third place, I have Gustav. Um, and I think he's probably good for potentially as high as 880, probably more realistically mid 870s. Um, and something interesting that I have noticed with Gustav's lifting is that there's a bimodal distribution of how he makes his attempts. And that's that in the world championships, he makes a lot more attempts than he does outside the world championships. And I think that's the influence of Caro. Um, so I think that's Caro reining him in a little bit. Um, so at Worlds, he typically goes around about seven and a half or eight for nine. Outside of Worlds, he typically goes like around about six for nine. Um, so, uh, so I think he's going to make a higher than average for him number of attempts for this meet. And so that means I think he's going to be on the high end of what he's capable of. Uh, that said, uh, I've got uh, Gavin in first place and Kaiko in second place. Uh, oh, shit, son! He did it! He, he, he set did all it! that up and then he, he snuck did Gavin in there. He fucking did it! I'm glad he went last. Oh, shit, Gavin's going to hear this podcast and lose his mind. He's going to be like, Ari picked me fifth and Rory picked me first. Got it. Here it is. Yeah. So, uh, so I've got Gavin high 880s, potentially as high as 890. Um, I like... Like you said, his squat is looking unbelievable. His rate of adaptation looks really good. Um, I'm interpolating a little bit because he's hiding the top end of, of his bench and his deadlift by the looks of it. So I'm interpolating from what I can see, um, but, I, but I'm picking he's in that range. Um, and of course, Kaiko is, is Mr. Perfect, right? The last time he missed an attempt was like June 2019. It's been like three years since that dude has, has not gone nine for nine. Um, and it's... I, I just don't think he is as strong. Like he hasn't missed an attempt. I just, I just don't think he's as strong as, as Gavin is at the moment. Um, that said, this is probably the session that I am most looking forward to. And when we eventually get to it, this is going to be one of the sessions that I have the lowest confidence in because any one of these five guys, depending on exactly how it goes, could, you know, all of them could be between 860 and potentially as high as 890, probably mid 880s. Um, and that's just like quite closely packed for this kind of thing, right? Like that's two or 3% potentially total between first and third or first and fifth even. And like, that's, that's the difference between, uh, you know, a good water cut and a bad water cut or uh, cutting your first squat high, having to repeat your first squat as your second squat. And then just like not being able to take the jumps that you wanted to take from there. Um, so there's, there's not going to be much in this one. It would be interesting to see because this might be another one where, you know, Chance wants to win, Gavin wants to win, Kaiko wants to win. Let's say Gavin is called on depth on his first squat. He may just go up on his second. He's like, I don't care. Like, I'm not here to get fifth place. I'm not here to get a four, four, fourth place. And he but, has done that historically, right? Like, he has missed a squat before and gone up from his, yeah. like, I think it might have been an opening squat, missed his opening squat, gone up for a second, went up like a 10 or 12 kilo jump, got it Holy anyway. Um, He's so, that like, he, dude. he has prior for doing that. Um, yeah. It's a high, high risk, but... If, but if it works, it works. Yeah, so that, that, 
crappy motherfucker, man. That's going to be a definitely interesting battle. Definitely something that people want to watch. So we'll move now to the 105 kilo class, which is another interesting battle. Even though the nominated total looks a little bit further away with Emil Norling at 917.5. Uh, then you have Quarantine Clement at 895. I think it's going to be closer. Oh, sorry. No, go on. Then I think it's going to be closer. And then you have also Mikey Davis there at third at 892.5, where he had grip issues at the PA Nats. So he missed the second and third deadlift on grip, where he had the strength for it. And he's pulled more than that in the gym, um, holding it at the top for you know five or six seconds. And he's pulled, obviously, way more on uh, with straps. So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. I guess I'll start with this one. Uh, I went back and forth on this one as well because Emil has done that 917.5, but recently he only did 900. He did have his kid. He posted like in his, I believe in his uh, meet day uh, report on Instagram, like how he felt like happy with his performance based on like having a kid and having, you know, stress and not sleeping as much. And so his lifts seem a little bit down, but the question is, can he still win with his lifts being down? If Mikey Davis has grip issues again, if Mikey's missing two deadlifts and losing out on 20, 30 kilos on his total, then potentially Emil can still win even without a, having a PR total. And then for uh, Coco, as Ryan likes to call him, he had um, his best total is 895, but it seems like he got injured a few months ago and he's kind of rebuilding his lifts. To me, his lifts look a little bit down from that 895, but from people I've talked to, they say like he's a young kid, he's training hard, his numbers will shoot up really quick, so he'll regain his strength back. Um, so I went back and forth on this. I end up switching recently because of Mikey Davis did that. be 357.5 deadlift holding it for five seconds. I went with Mikey Davis for first. I think he's going to put over 900. I think his grip will hold at least for two delves, if not for three. And he could potentially put up a PR total on a good day. And I put Emil at second just because his numbers seem down a little bit. And I put Coco at three just because I think he's still coming off the injury. And he, I don't think he's going to go over 900. And then uh, our boy uh, Abdul, I put up fourth. And potentially if um, Coco's having a bad day, if he's missing attempts, Abdul with that big deadlift could pull and steal third. Um, what are you thinking, Ryan? Okay, so I had Coco on the podcast. Um, he was saying it was COVID that he caught, and it wasn't injury based. Okay. So, um, but if you saw dips and stuff, that's why. So, um, or he had to actually not do French nationals because of that. Okay. So, anyway, so I think he's okay, but he's he's probably had some things here and there, but not like like Penna or something. Um, now, having said that, yeah, Michael Davis has hit nine fifteen. Emil Norling's, you know, 917.5, I believe. Has he hit more than that? I think that was his top end. But one thing that you got to say about Emil, he's a gamer as well. He's won the world championships um, in the juniors. He beat Anatoly in a head-to-head at European championship. Um, you know, he was at last year's world championships. He's at international competition against the best of the best. And this is just another one. He's not going to be overcome by the moment. He knows the world standard and he's going to hit it. I think Emil is going to come through. I think his strength is going to be up there. And I think he's going to take worlds a heck of a lot more seriously than that other tune-up meet. Um, so I'm picturing Emil coming in and having a PR total. He's got the biggest deadlift of these fellas. I think he's, I think he's, he's loaded up for the win as well. Is, am I wrong with that biggest deadlift? Has anyone out deadlifted him? Well, he's nominated 275, but I think that's a typo. It's a 375. 375. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it, but not only does he have it, he's had it when he needed it. 
Everybody remembers he lost to Anatoly at the World Championships. They rematch at the European Championships, and he loaded up with a PR deadlift and hit it for the win against IPF's world's best lifter, Anatoly Novopismani. He, it, it, some people don't have that dead when they need it, and he's shown he has. So not only is he walking in there with the biggest total, but he's got the biggest deadlift. Oh, and by the way, his deadlift is there when he needs it. And he's proven it in battle at the world standard. So I got to lean towards my man. And I think that was a tune-up. I could be wrong. Maybe he's not 100%, but I'm going to lean that way. In terms of my number two, maybe call me getting crazy with the hype. Recency bias. Call it recency, but Coco Clement came on the podcast and he's all types of confident in himself. And um, I mean, he's talking like 940 type range. I don't think he's going to hit that, but I think he's, he's, I remember walking into IPF worlds 2021 and I posted a squad of his and I'm like, it looked a little high though. It looked a little strenuous, looked a little, I remember he's offended by it. And um, he's like, it'll be there. It'll be there. He wasn't lying. He got a bronze medal. as like a 20 year old kid. Maybe he's 21 swinging with giants, like a mill in, in Anatolia and whatnot. And still, He's his top end is a lot more than we think. And um, and he seems to land that fucking plane when it comes to peaking. At least he did previously. I got him as a silver medalist. I got Michael Davis as my bronze medalist. Also, uh, watch out for our boy Abdul. But I'm I I, I am not the the 105s is tight. Michael Davis, if he comes in with that 915 and he actually builds upon it and goes more. It's going to be tough, but I think Coco is into the 900s as well now. I think we're long past the previous Coco. He's a young kid, and I don't think he's injured. That's not the impression I got on the podcast anyways. I think he's dealing with fatigues and whatnot, and that's what we might be seeing because they train like madmen. But um, he's he's not, judging by the podcast, not only is he not injured, he's got fucking numbers in his back pocket. He is very confident he's going to hit. I think what you're seeing, if he's f- dealing with certain numbers, looking grinding, and I, I know what you mean, Aaron, where that looks tough. He's high levels fatigue because he's way deep in the shit right now. But when he deloads and lands that plane, it's going to be fucking on and he's peaked and ready. So judging off of potential, I got Coco and Silver and I don't think he's going to beat a mill, but if you listen to that podcast, you might even talk yourself into taking Coco for first. I'm telling you, it's it was impressive. They had some dudes leave an impression. There it is, Emil, Coco, Michael Davis, and, uh, and there's my top three. What are you thinking, Rory? Uh, so I just gotta shut Ryan down. Um, <laughs> no, um, I've got uh, I've got I've got Coco coming in third. Like he's got that 895. Um, his training hasn't looked that stellar. Like it's 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 been okay, but just not not a lot better. And so I'm I, I wouldn't be looking at his training and expecting a huge PR, even even though he is quite young and his rate of adaptation should generally be high. Um, I'm expecting he could hit a low 900 total, but I'm expecting more like a repeat of the 895. And one thing that I will point out is every single one of his squats that he's posted on Instagram, sorry, every single one of the singles that he's posted on Instagram, the, the reps have generally been better, um, but the singles have all been high. And like, I don't care how many people say it's going to be there on meet day. If you don't practice the way that you need to perform, it's not going to be there on meet day, right? Like there's not very many people for whom that is genuinely true. So I, I think that may sting him. And I think he's down a little bit from where he could have been. So I think he's more like an 895 and I've got him in third. 
Second place, I've got uh, Michael Davis. Um, so he had that 915 in March. He had an 892 in April. Um, even seriously bad grip issues. Um, if he puts it together, I think he might be good for something in the range of about 910 to 915. Um, so I'm picking him for second. And then for first, I have Emil Norling. Uh, he had that 917 in December. Um, his deadlift lockouts are often a little bit soft. So he's going to need to be really careful that he actually does his deadlift lockouts properly or he's going to lose attempts because of that he should have locked out for stupid bullshit like not locking his knees or something like that. Um, but his training looks like it's pretty much on track. And so I'm expecting something a little bit up on his uh, his recent, was it nine his recent 900, but not way up. So I'm expecting from him something between a 915 and a 920. Uh, and so quite close between him and Michael Davis. But one of the things that I'll say does go in his favor is that Carol, da- uh, Carol Arvidsson is an insane person. Um, and <laughs> like, and, and this, that is probably worth quite a lot when it comes down to the absolute wire. I don't know who's going to be handling Michael. Is it you, Arian? Um, Cause you're also a madman when it comes down to that kind of thing. Oh, it's not you. Okay. Um, but so for, for, for those listening who don't know who Carol Arvidsson is, she is the Swedish team head coach. Um, and she is, she is very, just very good at what she does. Um, so when it comes down to attempt selection, putting the right numbers on the bar, putting the right numbers on the bar at the right time, uh, she just doesn't make very many mistakes. Um, and so I think that that may be the difference between first and second in this case. Bill, what do you think? Do you think that baby plays a factor? Um, yes and no. So, um, you know, the baby playing a factor is a real thing. It's for sure. But him coming back and hitting that 900 in the midst of all that, because it gets easier over time, right? Like the first, you know, the first six months, the first year is really the hardest part. But after that, you know, it really, the sleep improves the, you know, the baby starts sleeping, but all this other stuff, you, know, you get into a better routine. So to him put it, to put up the 900 like that and say how he was been struggling is just very it's very, um, it gives me confidence in what he can do going forward. Let's put it that way. Um, I mean, nobody on here was higher than me on Mikey Davis going into like PA Nats. I really, really thought he was going to like be pushing the Anatoly limits, you know, the, the 930, 940 up in that range. Um, the grip issues and just that lackluster performance he had. Um, I just can't pick him to win now. For When it comes down to deadlifts, you have a meal who's, pulled for pulled for the win on an international stage you know beat anatoly done did the impossible all that stuff like you know when it comes down to that last deadlift i have much more confidence in emil than i do for mikey so i'm going to take a meal first mikey second coco third the um sheffield qualifying total is 891 i think the first place the winner of this should hit that um with a little bit of spare for sure it should be in the 900s i believe all right, we'll see how it goes. Let's move on to the 120 kilo class. This will be another interesting one with a lot of close totals. Um, you have Enrique from USA, obviously at the top with 920, but then you have two Canadians, Eric Willis and Bryce Krawcheck at 906 and 895.5, and then Carl Somerset from Norway at 885.5, Antti Krikukula from Finland at 880, and it just keeps going. Nicholas Peyrod at 875.5, Maris from Latvia at 870. So, It'd be interesting. I didn't go look into, you know, six, seven, eight, nine to see how they progressed or anything like that. I focused on the top, but it's still going to be, I, th- I think, a tough battle. I was going back and forth on this one. Ryan, how about you start us off on this? What are you thinking? Look, 
Lugo <laughs> slid in. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Lugo <laughs> slid into my DMs and he's like, you don't know who I am, but you will soon. <laughs> and um, my man rattled at PA Nats, earned his spot, and he's the number one nomination. And I, I'm looking at his training numbers. It looks freaking amazing. He's now with Joey Flex, um, which makes sense because he's a training partner with Michael Davis. He's a training partner with Jesus Oliveras. You know, they train together in the same gym. He's surrounded by greatness. And uh, so, uh, and they're all with Joey Flex. So, why not hop on? And the numbers he's pushing in the gym, man. He he looks like like if he hit nine twenty, and he's pring now. We're getting close to worlds, but he's starting to hit some big numbers. I think he's I think he's capable of more. It depends what does the travel do to him, and um and what does the officiating and whatnot, and the whole international element. How does it hit? And that's something that we don't know. Some guys, if they haven't had it, it doesn't mean they they can't win this battle. It just means they haven't been tested. You know, but in other people, you know, it's going to hit them and it'll be one of those podcasts afterwards. Well, that was a learning experience. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And I will next time. I'm banking. I think Lugo takes gold. And listen, I'm saying this with two Canadians and number one and number two nominations. So, you know, I'm not being biased. You know, I'm giving it to you the way I think it's going to go. In silver, I have former world champion Eric Willis. Um He's a good three lift man. He's he can squat, he can bench, he could that. You know what? His squats maybe a little down. He could he could bench and dead there. He's got a nice bench on him. He's got a decent dead. He's a he's a, he's a well rounded guy. Well rounded enough that he misses a lift. It's not the end of his day, you know. And he could he could bring himself into the competition. He's won worlds before. He knows the world standard. Obviously, he's a a veteran of multiple world championships, multiple time medalist. And I think he's going to repeat that medalist and, and bring home a silver, which brings me to the other Canadian, Bryce Krawcheck, Canadian Bryce, as he's called by everybody globally, um, which is like <laughs> amongst your, your nicknames. It's one of the, one of the more labor. I'm Canadian Ryan. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Um, but that all stemmed from when he was head to head with Bryce Lewis and he was the Canadian version. So anyways, Bryce Krawcheck, phenomenal deadlift, world record deadlifter. Um, phenomenal guy. All these guys are great guys. If you get to meet them, I got Bryce coming in as a bronze medalist. If he gets close enough, he can load up to try to snag somebody else's medal. Bryce Krawcheck is pulling for a medal. Whose medal is it going to be? What color is it? Depends how close he gets. It all depends if somebody starts missing lifts. Lugo starts missing lifts because when he flies to South Africa, time zone change, travel, is he cutting weight? Those things start hitting, and he's never had to deal with that before. Now Bryce Krawcheck, congratulations, Bryce Krawcheck's door just swung open. Eric Willis starts missing a couple lifts. He's not at 100%. Well, guess what? He's swapping his bronze for your silver. I got, if everything stays as I see their top ends, I got them one, two, three, like I said. But Bryce's deadlift is not to be trifled with. It is not to be trifled with, and it'll even a playing field pretty fucking quick if you start missing lifts. All right, let's uh, jump on over to Bill. I think he's going to try for your picks. Let us know why Ryan is wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, so I have um, Lugo finishing first here. I think he has the, the highest top-end potential out of these guys. Um, Eric Willis is coming down from the, you know, from the heavyweight class, uh, just at Canadian Nationals at about 125, so, you know, didn't have to water cut, whatever. Had a funky meet where, you know, I'm not sure if he skipped some lifts or whatever, but he just didn't. You know, he ended up making like five lifts or something like that, but I'm pretty sure he skipped a couple of them. 
Um, Bryce, I think, is a little banged up right now, from what I understand. But, um, yeah, so anyway, so I have Lugo coming in first. Um, I have Bryce pulling in second place, Eric finishing in third place. Um, now, the interesting thing here on this is the qualifying total for Sheffield's 930, which none of these guys have ever hit before. So Lugo's best totals, 920, 922, whatever it is. Um, so does he make that? That's, that's, that's tough. Um, you kind of look at like what Lugo did, you know, pre nationals and then what he actually hit in nationals was about a 2% drop off of what he hit in the gym as his top, top end, or at least that he posted on Instagram, which I'm assuming was his top end and, um, what he actually did in the meet. So that means he's going to have to be somewhere in the 950, 960 range of training, you know, if he's going to still lose that like 2% kind of thing. But now this is, you know, not being in Texas in the state that he lives in. This is now flying to South Africa. I think it's going to be a tough order for him to get to 930. But again, if he has it kind of won on the second attempt on deadlifts, he can kind of, you know, throw in what he needs to to kind of hit that 930 and go for it. And obviously I think he will try to, you know, go for it. I hope so. Um, but I'm going to say that no 120s make the Sheffield on the automatic nominations. And I have Lugo, Bryce Krawcheck, and Eric Willis, one, two, three. All right. What are you thinking, Rory? Uh, so I originally had uh, Eric Willis in first place, and I have since revised that because um, he is he's just not looking on form at the moment. Um, I went back and sort of scrubbed through the uh, CPU nets and, and watched his lifting. Um uh, I was wondering if maybe he was skipping attempts just to restrain himself or something like that. And, and it didn't look like that. Like it looked like he was just weak. And I say weak as a person who on a weekday totaled 830. So that's, that's weak relative to the guy who totaled 950 a little, a little while earlier. Um, it's like, like he's still strong, but that was a, that was a very bad day. And he was like 120 kilos down from, from what he has done in the past. Um, that was September last year and heavier and all of that stuff. But so for that reason, I'm not going to look at him and say he's, he's, he's definitely not my favorite to win anymore, but I am still putting him in third place. I'm putting Bryce K in second. I think like Bill said, I think he's just going to pull for the pull to get on the podium. Um, I think on, on Bryce Crawshake's best day, I think he goes around about 880 and uh, just like on, on a fairly good day for him. Um absolute top end 900 he's i doubt he would go over over 900 and so he's definitely not going to hit that sheffield qualifying total now uh, lugo i've got in first place his training looks amazing and his rate of adaptation is super fast um but thus far he's been uh, like a, a hometown hero right he's never had to travel very far to, to compete i don't know if he flew for um pa nets but it wasn't it wasn't it was in his home state um and that hurts so although i think in the gym he could probably hit maybe as excuse me, maybe as high as 950 in the gym if he like maxed out the same day that he had to fly to South Africa. By the time he's actually flown to South Africa, he's got the the jet lag, the travel, uh, a cut if he needs to cut, um, all of that stuff. I think that ends up adding up. And I think he probably totals more like 920 to 930. Um, so I, I do think he wins. I think he wins by a little bit. Like I don't think it's going to come down to the last deadlift. Maybe it comes down to the second to last deadlift. Um, but But I doubt he's going sort of, 
All right, I guess we'll bring in Wild Arian here. Um, as far as the 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 top end, I think yeah, Enrique is the clear favorite. He has the highest total. His training is going well. Um, these other guys have a little issues here and there. So I think um, kind of like Roy just said, I think he wins fairly easily. Maybe on the second deadlift, and then on the third deadlift, he can do that minimum toy. He needs a nine thirty to get that Sheffield spot and secure the win. But after there, I think it's it interesting with Eric Willis. You know, his best total at 120s was 906, but that was a while ago. And recently he only did 830 at 125 at Nationals. I watched his lifts. His second attempt uh, did not look strong to me. And I think he passed on his third. His bench, he made a second bench and he missed his third, though the bench is still stronger than what it used to be before when he was 120. It's not what he what what he can hit at 120 plus, but that makes sense. And then his deadlift, I believe on the second deadlift, he got called for lockout and he just passed on his third. So he didn't look strong. It looks like he had a kid as well last year and he's cutting a bunch of weight. He still has more weight to cut. So those are some major issues there. With Bryce, kind of like you guys said, he looks injured. His bench was 25 kilos down at nationals from his PR. So it depends on how much of that 25 kilos can he gain back because his squat looked on point. His bench looks way down, but also I think that was the heaviest he's gone in a while at the 170. And his delve to me did not look strong at nationals either, but that could potentially be like he was already, he already had the win. Like it wasn't any importance. Maybe he was like, you know, wasn't into it. So he just didn't push his deadlift as hard, but I think that's another major issue as well. But then I was trying to look at who could pass these guys Um, with Carl Somerset. He did the 885 at 124. So he has to cut weight as well. Not that much. He's been hitting some PRs in training, but at 120, his best is only 855. So does he hit closer to 885 or closer to 855? With Anti, I couldn't find anything. Uh, I just saw his best meet is 880. And then with Nicholas Peyrod, he did the 875.5 just barely over. He was like 106. So he moved up to the 120s just for that meet and then decided to stay there for Worlds. Um, he normally plays professional rugby as well. So he's like doing rugby and powerlifting at the same time. So if he takes, you know, he's not in rugby season and he's training a little bit higher body weight, doesn't have to cut, I think his numbers are going to be good. So I went back and forth in this. And I decided to take the Canadians off the podium due to injuries and how low their numbers were. So I went Enrique won. I have Nicholas Payrod coming and stealing second place with how he's going to be progressing. And then I have Antti from uh, Finland at third place because he has the 880 total. And I think he potentially hit that same thing. I think the other guys with cutting weight and injuries and that stuff are going to be off the podium. So that's what I was kind of expecting out of you guys too. But I guess you guys have hopes in the Canadians, but they could definitely turn it around. They got time. So we'll go to our final weight class, the 120 pluses. It's a little bit weaker this year compared to previous years. Some of the bigger names are gone. Uh, you do have Sank from Turkey moving up from the 120s to 120 plus, but he's still nominated far, far behind the champ, Jesus Oliveris from the US. He is increasing his total as a rapid rate. He's getting close to the all time best total. Um, I guess I'll just start off on this one. Uh, we can go through it kind of quick, I think. Uh, I kept it with Jesus as one. I think he's going to be the clear favorite. Um, it seems like he kind of like brought his Delft back at Nationals, and he's right there right next to Ray's record, so he could potentially chip the record or stay below it and save it for Sheffield if he wants. He can do whatever he wants on the day. Then I think Stang could have a ba- uh, bounce back meet, you know, not having the cut weight, kind of figuring out, you know, some of the technical aspect of world with like what they're calling as far as depth and what they're calling as far as like lockout on deadlift and timing, everything like that. I think he'll have a bounce back meet um, from there. I think it gets interesting. Uh, Elias Bugalem from Algeria is listed all the eighth 
at 860, but he's actually done a 940 total before. So I'm not sure why he was nominated so low. He recently, I, I saw he also did a 938.5, um, but we'll see what he comes to at Worlds. So I have him at third. And then another interesting pick, I think, is Steve Ringroot has been bouncing back and forth as far as like injuries and his toll has been down. He did 907.5 a while back, but recently did 850, but his training is looking great. He posted some recent numbers this week where he's looking close to maybe 920, 925. So I have him at fourth and I have all the other guys uh, dropping off. So I think it's going to be one, two is expected. And I think some guys will sneak in there for third and fourth. Uh, Bill, what are you thinking? I literally have the exact same thing written down <laughs> as you do. Yes. Um, basically, if, if for whatever reason, if Ilias, is, if that 860 is legitimate, that that's where he's at right now. I got Steven as the, the bronze medalist, but literally I have the exact same thing as you. So, Ryan, the, Ryan what do you got? So I got, um, obviously, Jesus is, is the heavy favorite to take this. Jesus, it, the question for me with Jesus is how far is he going to go? How is he going to try to take that Ray Williams record? I think it's 11, uh, 15 that he would need to take the Ray Williams record. But is he going to try to do that? And he doesn't want to push anything too far because Sheffield rolls around and it's ba- it could be based off of, you know, he's, he's trying to collect money at Sheffield. So well, real, real quick. So 1050 is the qualifying total for super heavyweights for Sheffield. So he has to do at least that. And the um, world record is 1105. So technically he doesn't have to hit a PR to hit the, to break the world record. But the, so there's a world record, but then there's what Ray's done just yeah. period all time. So I think, cause he's already done over 1105, right? I think he did. Yeah. Over- he's did 1110. Right. So I think, and he's just five kilo off of taking Ray's two and a half or two and a half. So he, he goes five kilo or he can ship it or whatever, but yeah. So he's so close to Ray's. So I'm wondering if he's telling himself, leave a little something, something don't skate with this and run with it. You go to Sheffield, you want to break records and make money and whatever the heck let's not. And, sh- and, and for potentially years to come, right? Like not just this Sheffield, but any Sheffield's ahead. Um, if you could just keep breaking your world records and whatever, like they do in Olympic weightlifting, when they start making bonuses, every time they break a record, but you could take, you could redo what you did at PA probably get you're stronger off that. So it's easier for you to redo it as long as travel doesn't kick his ass. And that's the big thing that I'm wondering about. He gets off the plane. He doesn't need to risk nothing. Take the win, punch your ticket to Sheffield. Let's go. He gets off the plane and he's nice and early. His body adjusts to the time zone change and the travel and everything because he's there nice and early. He's like, you know what? I could redo what I did at PA Nats plus a couple extra kilo. And, um, and it'll probably be easier for me today, as a matter of fact, because I'm stronger than that. We'll see him take Ray's record. That's the question. And I'm interested because when he showed up at PA Nats, we all thought, is he going to hold back? And he put on a, he was the talk of the town, man. You hit social media afterwards and everybody, like remember Sean Noriega's video summed up. He's like, I don't want to hear about anything else about powerlifting the rest of the year. Let's not forget what Jesus did and how excited we are about Jesus right now. He stole the show. You know what I mean? Like time flies and we recency bias kicks in. Don't forget what Jesus just did this weekend. It was wild. We were all blown a fucking way, especially for him at 23 to do what he did. So I'm very interested, even though he's a runaway favorite for gold. I wanted to give him his kudos beyond the just, well, I got Jesus moving along. Um, Kokak for sure. I got him for the silver medals. I am definitely interested in what's going to happen with this gentleman. The junior world champion moved up to the one twenties. All types of height, but there was a, a some weight cutting 
for last year's world championships ended up with a bronze medalist despite missing a whole hell of a lot of lifts i know he came into that heavily injured wasn't sure what was going to happen with himself probably humming and hawing if you wanted to do it he's probably going to be a heck of a lot more healthy as a 120 plus and i'm wondering what his lifts are going to be like man he's i don't think he's going to catch jesus but he could be he could do something he could be over over a g in kilos who knows um sky's the limit because if those injuries were brought in in training by keeping his body weight low and restrictive dieting whatever the heck and his body's like this isn't for us we're 120 plus let's see what happens i'm excited to see it for the bronze um look at i'm i'm not sure if elias is 860 or if he's what's going to show up with him I'll, I'll go with, and I love Steve ring you, uh, if it's like, you know, I would love to say, but I'm going to take Yari, uh, Sario. He pulled 800 in March. I think he's going to be close to a podium and, um, you got an 800 pound pull in you. He's pro if, if it's all close, it depends on what these other gentlemen do. And if Ilias is, you know, back to hundred percent, but if he's close enough, he's going to dead last and he's going to dead for the bronze. And it looks like he's going to be close enough. So I'll go with him for my bronze, and there's my podium. Rory, what are you thinking? Uh, so, obviously, Jesus Oliveras, heavy favorite. Like, 95% chance he wins, right? Like, the only thing that stops him from winning this point is if he either doesn't show up or doesn't put up the total. Um, he's going to win by, like, probably 150 kilos. Um, second, I've got Chenk. Is that how we decided his name was pronounced? Um, probably probably not by a ton. Um and then in third place, I actually missed uh, Elliot, that Elias had done, did you say 960 in the past? I missed that Nine, one. 940. Oh, 940. So if he, if he can repeat that performance, I think that's probably puts him in reasonably good stead to try and try and take a, take a third place. Uh, but I did actually have uh, Yari Sario as well. Um, to, and, and I would like to see Steve Ringo on the podium, um, but I, do, I just don't think he's, he's there right now. Um, but um, he, he certainly could be again in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with Ilias, the 940, I just looked it up, was from 2017 Worlds. And then at 2019 African Championships, he did 938.5. So I don't have any meet results from him since 2019. So who knows? Does the 938, 940 guy show up or does the 860 guy show up? Um, so we'll see about that. So let's jump over. We'll do the best lifters first. We'll see if we can knock out the best lifters in the teams real quick. Looking back real quick at the history, last year, Anatoly won the best lifter of the championship. He's not there. Looking at some of the other previous champions, Sergey's won the, the best lifter four times before. He's not going to be there. And Ray Williams has won it two times before, and he's not going to be there. So it's interesting. He's going to open it up a little bit uh, of who could potentially win the best lifter. And I think it also becomes interesting as what does Taylor Atwood do? Does he push it, you know, 800 plus and try and win that best lifter award and bump up the world record and show how strong he is? Or does he just do the minimum to win, get the Sheffield spot and not worry about the best lifter award? So I went back and forth on this one. I'll just go and start off right away and I'll drop mine real quick. I end up going with Taylor Atwood as first. I think he'll do just enough. Depending on how these other classes play out, he could be, need between 785 and 800 to win best lifter. So I think he potentially pushing right around that world record, like 790, maybe he does 791 just to chip the world record and win best lifter. For second, I got Jonathan Keiko because he is the next highest on points. I think he, you know, makes lifts. He's going to be winning the weight class. He's going to be lifting after Taylor too, so he can potentially steal it if he needs to. And then I was going back and forth on third. I didn't know 
what weight class is going to look next and end up going and putting Chance Mitchell in there because it just seems like the 93s have um, good uh, uh, benefit from the formula to get a lot of points. So if he just loses even by five kilos or seven and a half kilos, I think he can still win third best lifter. Uh, how about we hop over to Bill? What are you thinking? I go Gustav Gavin, 393s, one, two, three. Oh, Nikes. Yeah, I, I mean, like it. but you look, just look at the formula and how it works. I mean, Atwood's really the biggest wrench in the their armor there. If like if he goes big, then he, you know he's likely going to win. But I don't think he goes as big as you know he needs to, kind of thing. Like seven seventy five ish maybe, uh, which means that these three guys you know in the ninety threes can very easily just sit there in the top three. Um, you know you could have like a Delaney or Tim in the eighty threes, but they'd have to go you know pretty eight twenty plus eight thirty somewhere in that range to kind of, you know, break in there. And then Jesus would have to go like 1,200 to get, um, <laughs> not that much, but, you know, he'd have to have put up a massive total. So, um, yeah, I think the 393s will take it. So it'll be Keiko, Gustav, Gavin. And, of course, depending on what they weigh and what they could, it could be mixed up there. You know, you could actually have the person who wins the weight class not win best lifter potentially. But, yeah. you know, that's. Interesting, interesting. Rory, how do you have it? Uh, so the biggest question mark here for me is how healthy Atwood is when he comes in. So he he doesn't get to see what the 93. So obviously I, I think the 93s are the, the the pack to be right. If if they hit the 880 to if the first one to three people in that class hit the 875 to 890 that I think that they're capable of, and assuming that they are actually around about 93 kilos and that none of them are weighing in at like 88 or anything like that, Atwood needs to hit around about 800 to get and that gives him uh like a 117-ish good lift points and it would put those guys on about the 116 good lift points um so i'm picking atwood in first and one thing that will actually help him is that he is not going to have to be fighting off four other guys who are immediately behind him right so the, the 93s do get to lift afterwards but they're almost certainly going to be worried about placing first rather than placing first overall right they're going to want to secure the goal they're going to want to secure the sheffield spot probably more than they want to secure the best overall. So even though they get to lift afterwards, they're probably not going to be looking at that and going, that's what I need to do. They're probably going to be looking at the guys immediately, but in front of behind them and going, those are the guys I need to beat. Um, so second, second and third is going to depend exactly who wins the 93s and exactly the body weights that they come in at. Um, and so I said, I said Gavin to win. And I think if he does win, it's only going to be by two and a half to five kilos or potentially same total. And just at a slightly lighter body weight, like that's, that's how close I expect the 93s to end up being. So I'm saying Atwood, Gavin, Aiden, Jonathan, Kaiko. All right, Ryan, what are you thinking? Listen, <laughs> usually Bill is wild Bill for a fucking reason. <laughs> But this, maybe it's, I'm fucking, I don't know what it is. It's spring, summer's around the corner, and fucking these whispers he's putting in my ear sounded good to me. I got the not top 93s, one, two, three, just like Wild Bill does. Um, call a six as wild tonight, fellas. I got the different order of 93s, sure, but we're all on the same page that this could fly either way. Even if you don't think, I, I say Keiko, Eden, Mitchell for my gold, silver, bronze. Even if you don't think it's that gold, silver, bronze there, just like you gentlemen already said, what if Gavin is just a stitch lighter because he's light? He's training light because of what happened in USVI. His body weight's never been lighter. What if he is lighter than Keiko and loses by two and a half kilo or half a kilo like he did at Nationals when they clashed? He's best lifter. All right, so it can flip around. 
That's how close it is. But the 93s, they're the, this is the premier division. The reason why I would say that over the 66s, they got the top six if you throw a mill in there, but top five could win it. And I swear to God, how often do you see one, two, three, all from the same weight class? It's phenomenal. And the storyline and the rematches and multiple rematches all over the place. It's for it's I got it one, two, three, man. So I'll go with my gold, silver, bronze with the caveat. Yes, it 100% depends on if someone's just grams lighter. Well, that's all she wrote, folks. Because if he's grams lighter and loses by 0.5, you know what I mean? Like it's uh, so, but I'll go Keiko, Gavin, and uh, Mitchell. All right, let's finish off uh, real quick with the best teams. Looking back at the history for the men's side, 2012 through 2014, Russia won the best team. From 2015 to 2019, USA won the best team. 2020, obviously, we didn't have Worlds. And then 2021, Russia or ROC comes back and wins the best team. So it's been Russia, USA, Russia. And then even other times, USA was second place when Russia was winning, except for last year when U.S. didn't have enough of a team through USVI in order to get into the top three teams. So I think USA comes back in full force this year. And Bill was kind of hinting at this in our in our chat conversation as well. I think USA has a chance to win possibility to win seven weight classes and all they need to win is five so i think they will pull off five weight classes to get the perfect 60 point score and win the best team and then from there i think the other countries either don't have full teams like they don't have eight some of them don't even have five to score the full points so there's a big drop off and it's hard but i have france in at 41 points for second and sweden in at 34 points for third Uh, i'll jump over to rory what are you thinking So I've actually got exactly the same countries and then exactly the same order as you do. I've got America first. um, I've got France in second. I've got Sweden in third. Uh, It was, it was complicated a little bit by the fact that a lot of countries just are not sending full teams still. Like there's, there's a few countries that have someone who is likely to be in sort of middle contention and one or maybe two classes, but that's just, that's just not enough to get the best overalls. Like if you want to get in the best overall for the teams, you need to send at least five people each of which can come at least top five. Um, and really you need one to three winners to, to, to be really in, in the mix. So I'm saying USA, France, Sweden. Ryan, what are you thinking? Okay, so I agree with you. I think uh, USA is going to get 60 points, the big 60. 12, 12, 12, 12, you know, whatever. Say 12, five times for me, please. Um, I think they're going to do it. And so they, I got them number one with a bullet. Their USA is back for the men's at least. We'll talk about the women's next episode. For number two, I actually got Sweden. I got them at 42 points. I, it's really close. I got France third with 40 points. So there's my one, two, three. We're all relatively close. Uh, but I got Sweden, I think quite a bit more than you had, Arian. But uh, so I got them nudging into second with consistencies. I don't having them winning a lot, but beneath that, I got them racking up some points. It's it, but look at it, my my spread between Sweden and France is only two points. It's, it's it's tight race after U.S. After U.S., it's a little bit of it depends on who you're picking, and not even just for the podium. You know, it depends. We'll see. Yeah. And Bill, what are you thinking? U.S. with 60, I have France with 41, Sweden with 40. So this is where it's key here. Like, if again, if Sweden's looking at team points, in the 83-kilo class, they have Jack Soderberg, who's nominated in eighth place, right? 
he's going to be like a three to four point scorer for them. But if now they can, you know, play the game and bump him up a little bit, you know, kind of looking forward, they can end up in that second place pretty easily if they play their cards right and, you know, change that last deadlift around and potentially bump it up because he's like the, the lower one on their kind of podium there. Um, so again, and there's going to be a big spread in that because there's a lot of people in that, you know, 760 to 740 range um, in those 83s. So that could be very interesting. And I'm assuming Caro and Oscar have looked at that and they know what's going on. So, but um yeah, so that's kind of the game within the game kind of thing. You're like, oh, who cares about eighth place? But yeah, guess what? That guy is the is literally the guy that can you know put them above the and win you know silver medal for the team. That's the guy who's like in basketball. He's like the sixth man of the year award man coming off <laughs> right. the bench, scoring those points, man, getting that win. <laughs> um, but but there you have it, a weight class by weight class preview for the men's side, as well as top three for best lifters and top three for the nations. If you haven't listened, make sure you listen to separate episodes for the women's preview show and then our fantasy league picks. And obviously, once you collect all that information, you can go join our fantasy league, which will be open till the 5th of June, the day before the championship starts. You know, I have the link in my bio. Ryan has it for King of Lifts. Rory has it on his as well. So you can access it through Instagram, through any of our accounts and go there, fill out the form, uh, pick who you're going to have for the women's and men's weight classes, pick how confident you are, one through 16, best lifters and teams, and you are in. And you can update as many times as you want up till June 5th. And Rory will take the most recent form that you submitted so if for some reason something happens you see someone get injured or someone puts up a big lift you can go and change it all the way up to the 5th of june um, and then of course you know follow us so you can listen to the other episodes we got more interviews coming with other lifters going to worlds as well as the usapl mega nationals uh follow us again on instagram so you can see the latest and we'll catch you all later and i'll give one call wherever you're listening to whatever platform you're listening on subscribe give us high ratings um, it's appreciated because if you don't subscribe, you're going to be missing episodes and we're recording eight of them this weekend. Subscribe wherever you're listening. That's it. Six up. We're out.